yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a loud laugh. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Welcome to episode 410 inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast that is covering the sporting HBCU dash, all things HBCU institutions, large and small, from the NEIA, the NCA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We simply just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host. Along with my co-host Mike Washington, Charles Fisher. As brothers are back in the building. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to Case Waste 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-hall of famer Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Gentlemen, starting with you, Charles. How are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Uh, we are right upon it. We are upon, upon these media days now. Uh, SIC tomorrow, SWAC next week, MEAC next week. Football is right around the corner. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready? Have you recharged um, your battery? My battery is recharged. I'm excited. Looking forward to going into this uh, this 2023 season. A lot, a lot of interesting storylines. A lot of interesting storylines. That's for sure. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Mike Washington, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's, it's it's pretty good. It's still a little toasty here in Houston, trying to find shade trees and, and things of that nature. But where? Uh, Tell me where. <laughs> uh, other than that, like CB, getting ready for the uh, upcoming football season. It's about that time. You can feel it, smell it in the air if the heat don't get to you. You know, uh, we got, you know, media day coming up. We got two a days right around the corner. I'm looking at travel plans for the fall, trying to pick which dates, which games. So there's a lot of excitement. You can feel the buildup. Uh, you had the uh, the Swingman Classic that just took place as well. So uh, a lot of interesting look, uh, stuff happening. Look forward to SWAC Media Day uh, next week. I won't make the SIAC, but look forward to the SWAC Media Day next week. So. Good stuff, good stuff. And I, I guess I gotta ask you, are you ready? Well, I, I'm born ready, man. I'm from I'm from Texas, man. We born ready. Come on now. <laughs> oh boy. I, I knew he, he, he had I mean, we had such a great start. He had to ruin it, y'all. He just had to go. <laughs> had to say something crazy. I got it. We can't, get, we can't get three minutes into the show. <laughs> Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab was sponsored by THU Agency LLC. 
THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, uh, shout out to Carol Keelan, Carl Edmund, Chuck Hunt, Christopher White, Brandon King is in the building, Ricky Burton, Varick Williams, uh, Mary Allen are all in here ready to go with some others. Check this out as we get going. Yes, lab listeners, it's that time. We will actually be in Atlanta tomorrow, Charles and I, uh, with a couple of others. So we'll be in there checking out the SIAC and see if we can bring you some of their media day as they get excited. And they have a Hall of Fame banquet that was reinstated with the uh, SIAC media day. So we get a chance to see folks uh, getting excited as they get inducted into their Hall of Fame for all the great work they did in the SIAC. So that certainly will be fun to see what's going on there. But let me go back to you, Charles. What's some other HBCU news of the day that has you interested at this time? Yeah, well, let's take a look at uh, SWAC Media Day. Uh, uh, the SWAC yesterday announced the attendees for uh, next week's SWAC Media Day. So let's take a look at that. Uh, representing Alabama a and will be Donovan Eaglin uh, and Zarian Hayes. Uh, Alabama State, Juwan Howell, running back and Colton, Bubba Adams, linebacker. Representing Alcorn, Jarvin Howard. And Malachi Bailey, offense and defense, respectively. But Bill Cutman will be represented by Jimmy Robinson, running back, and Omari Hill Robinson, defensive back. Bambi Rattlers will be represented by Jeremy Musa, quarterback. Uh, and we go on to Grambling, Sunday out of Anderson, defensive end, and Lewis Matthews. Uh, will be representing the G-Men in uh, Birmingham next week. Representing Jackson State Tigers will be running back J.D. Martin and defensive lineman Devontae Davis. Representing the Delta Devils of Mississippi Valley State is Jamari Jones, quarterback, and Brandon Williams, defensive back. Uh, representing the Prairie View and Panthers, Ahmad Antoine, running back, and Keyshawn Johnson, linebacker. Keyshawn Johnson, linebacker. A little different there. Uh, Southern will be represented by Harold Blood, <laughs> quarterback, and uh, Jalen uh, Campbell, uh, linebacker. The Texas Southern Tigers will be represented by Andrew Body and Jacob Williams. And the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions will be represented by offensive lineman Ryan Atkins and defensive lineman Anas Lookman. So those will be your representatives uh, at the SWAC Media Day next week. Uh, looking forward to uh, covering that uh, for all things uh, HBCU Sports Center. Good stuff. Uh, anybody uh, that you're most interested in talking with or intrigued about this on the list? And it kind of has like, your attention more than somebody else. Uh, um, either a coach, well, player, or two. Yeah, obviously, uh, I think a lot of uh, 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 excitement will be surrounding Florida A&M's program. Coach Willie Simmons, he's always uh, great to talk to. Uh, Coach McNair is always a steady presence there and representing the Alcorn State Braves. And then, you know, basically you have a, a brand new team that you're looking at with Jackson State. So uh, T.C. Taylor will always be a, a interesting talk to talk to next week. So a lot of very interesting storylines going into this upcoming season. Looking forward to it. So it'll be fine. Mike, before I ask you news of the day, I'm going to follow up with that question. Anybody at the Swag Media Day next week that has your attention that you – particularly want to uh, ask the question or two, or at least want to kind of hear their comments, whether it's a coach or a player. Yeah, I, I definitely would like to speak again with Andrew Boddy. Um, uh, he, you know, he's coming into his, you know, third year, second, third year. Um, you know, 
had kind of a substellar year last year. I'd like to hear, you know, what his take coming into this year is. I, you know, a lot of folks expect a, expect quite a bit from Texas Southern. Uh, I concur with, you know, Jackson State and the brand new team. I'd like to hear, you know, what, you know, what 2023 holds for them and what they look like. Uh, I'm intrigued to, to speak with Coach Bob McDowell in Prairie View A&M. You know, Ahmad mm-hmm. Antoine is the running back uh, who will be representing Prairie View, and Keyshawn Johnson is a returning linebacker. But, you know, uh, Prairie View, in the eyes of many, has a strong team. So I'd like to hear what they have to say. I'm very interested, to, you know, to hear what their outtake or, or what their take is on the season. And I'd like to speak with Jerry Mo- Jeremy Musa. I'd like, you know, to see, you know, he's a returning QB, hear his take. So those are about three or four folks I'm really looking forward to speaking with. Mm, good stuff, good stuff there. Before I go back to you, Mike, I want to do two things. Um, so hold your news of the day. I want to hear what you say there. But in accordance with Charles, SIEC, as we told you, they're mediating tomorrow. They sent out who is attending, obviously, the coaches and those that don't. Let me go over those just in case, certainly with the players. Albany State, Quinn Gray, head coach. Uh, Jalen Mitchell and Ralph Lavette are the athletes that will be there. Um, Allen University, Teddy Curtin, head coach with Gary Raj and David Wright as the uh, student athletes. And then Benedict, Chenis Berry, head coach is back at it. As he, the interesting, he says, is he the uh, champion last year, what he had in store? LeBert, Danellis, and Joshua Hayward. Uh, you have Kevin Porter, head coach, Brandon Brock, and Jalil Lenoa. Clark Atlanta University, Willis Slater, Willie Slater, I should say, Ronnie West, Cameron Ivey, Edward Waters, Torino Morgan with Deshaun Hughie and Dontrell Roll, uh, as well as Sean Gibbs, Jamel Jackson, Tim Alderman uh, with Fort Valley State, and then Kentucky State, Felton Huggins Jr. with Jimmy Edmonds and Jalen Johnson. You have Lane Dragon with Byron Brown, Mackenzie Howard, and Jared Gaston. Miles Golden Bear, Samuel Shade as the head coach, Roosevelt Thompson and Tyler Lowry. Uh, Morehouse, Gerard Wilcher and, uh, as the head coach with Dalen Land and Marquez Pride. Lastly, but not least, we have Anron Kelton, head coach there, Jaden Adams, Kyla Frazier, and Jonathan Glover. So they got three that they're bringing up for the Savannah State Tigers. Tuskegee, Aaron James, uh, Antonio Meeks, and Vincent Mill kind of close out things. The Hall of Famers that will be honored will be 1992-93 SIC Women's Track and Field Champions of Alabama A&M. You have Dr. Ernest McNeely, Allen University and Stillman College. Representative Calvin Smyrie, Fort Valley State, Arthur McAfee Jr., Morehouse College. Alex Purcell, Morehouse College, Jeffrey Henderson, Stillman College, and Drake and Florence of Tuskegee University will be honored as the Hall of Fame inductees coming into the ceremony there. So I want to give a little shout out there. And then in terms of G.B. Boom Holly, he has all that blue and white he has out there. And that's for you, Roy. <laughs> Five Beta Sigma's Conclave is in Houston. Uh, and so uh, G. Boom Holly is going to be acting his best self hopefully staying out of trouble, but he's starting it out with being in the lab, so I owe him a drink uh, to celebrate that conclave. I'm sure they'll do it well. And then Stephen Gaither says he is on the road as he's making his way down uh, there shortly to head to Atlanta for the SIAC, so we'll get a chance to see him tomorrow. With that being said, catching everybody up a little bit on the SIAC side of things, 
Mike, what else is on your mind with the HBC Sports News of the Day? Uh, you know, I know we were talking about football, but uh, this one caught my eye, a couple of sources. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals draft Trey Page out of mm-hmm. Delaware State. So congratulations to him. The third baseman was picked 17th uh, in the 17th round of the 2023 MLB draft. Uh, kudos to him. He was one of three HBCU players to participate in the MLB draft uh, combine. He also competed in the inaugural uh, HBCU Swingman Classic, sponsored by my man, my dude, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Page paid, uh, I think he had the first hit in the, in the game. Uh, the Pennsylvania native, uh, you know, he posted, what, 71 hits, 50-plus runs, 53 real big innings, also known as RBIs or runs batted in on 191 bats. That's a heck of a season. Nice campaign. And 2023 with Delaware State. Um, he was a third player selected in the, uh, in the 2023 MLB, the third HBCU player. The other were, others preceding him were Bethune-Cookman right-handed pitcher Nolan Santos and North Carolina A&T right-handed pitcher Xavier Mitchum, uh, who was selected in the seventh, who were selected in the seventh and tenth round, respectively. So, uh, big ups to those HBCU players. We, you know, we hope they trade a long, tread a long path in the H in the MLB. Not enough, but you know, here we have a have a showing of good HBCU players. I'd like to see a lot more in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially after the big week with the All Star game. He yeah. actually played today, but home run derby. Uh, uh, you had the, the uh, son-father duo winning there. That was pretty cool to see that. That was pretty fun uh, last night. That was nice, yeah. Exactly. That you was nice. About swingman constant King Griffey Jr. I thought that was pretty cool to see that and wake up to that. I went through and saw much of it uh, and then uh, switched around and had to pick up uh, Faith and Deuces. They came back for their 10-day trip out of Atlanta and New Orleans doing their thing. So late night flight in, so I was out on the road getting it done. But, yes, the house is full again, so I cleaned <laughs> up everything, made sure it's spotless, you know, didn't want any tracks out there, you know, that, you, that I was – You you, you uh, clean up everything. I was supposed to was drinking things. Maybe I shouldn't have been as much as – you better, you better clean up. You better have, yeah. have the fruit. You, know, you, make you sure polish. You see the apples there, you know, oranges peeled in the trash, you know, make sure do all the old trash out, cookies and things. I mean, I'm just saying brownies. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of those were cleaned up to make sure they weren't there. Just saying, <laughs> just saying. Shout out to yeah. <laughs> Call more because these guys wouldn't let me participate in any of that or partake. They rushed out and said, no, you can't do that. Kelly Butler, Ely, Chad Cooper, Sean Givens are all in the building checking us out. Let's get into our first break. Come back on the other side. It's time to unveil the top seven. Who is in Doctorville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab? This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of Inside the HBCU Huddle Report. With us, we'll be right back after this first break. BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. 
Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow so listen to Professor Yes Sir, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. We got a third of the team of the X's and O's. B.J. Jones, question for you. Are you part of the X's or are you the O's? Which, which one are you, X's or the O's? Oh, man, I'm the X's, man. I'm the defensive guy, man. Played on the defensive <laughs> side, coach on the defensive <laughs> side. Yeah, I'm all X's over here. All X's, all X's. I hear you. Just want to make sure people know in terms of the X's and O's as they get it done. When you going to uh, bring back HBCU uh, weekly? When is, when does that start? I know you've been posting updates with the pitchers and stuff like that, but when does that debut? Have you made uh, a decision on that be, yet? Um, that's going to be the right after um, – Swipe Media Day, July twenty fifth. So that mm -hmm. night will be our first. It'll be the first night back with uh, HBCU Weekly. Wow, nice! It and makes you, sense. That's uh, a good one to do it. Uh, yeah, I feel a little bit of thunder there. I need to make sure we all align with that. I like that. That's a pretty good idea. With that being said, X's and O's. When is X's and O's on debut? Oh uh, man, we're gonna actually get that one started, man. Two weeks uh, before the MEAC Sweat Challenge. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Well, we brought you in part of the team. We want to break down top seven, so we're going to get all the experts uh, a view. You know, this is part of our Sunday edition. You know, usually we do our Sunday makeup, and we have Joshua Sims in, but we'll make sure as we continue to get done, it might surprise and get him up in here. But 
as that goes, we got part of that team, as we said, a third of the X's and O's. Erica out there. We need to check on Erica and see what her schedule is for Thursday and see if she wants to talk a little football as she's making her rounds and uh, getting things done. But with that said, if you would, let's bring up the mid-major top seven and see what everybody thinks in terms of my top seven in terms of Dr. Bill's inside HBCU huddle report. I got the experts here. So they'll tell me if I didn't do enough homework, if I need to reboot the computer, if I didn't put in enough data analytics, we'll see what they say. Thus far, I've been pretty good, pretty, pretty good. I've had a couple of people shake their heads two weeks ago with Charles and Mike. And then, you know, as they came back on Thursday, they kind of shook some things up. But they, they hadn't hurt me or hit me too hard. Brought in Brian and AD on Tuesday. Uh, they did pretty well. AD took the place uh, – I mean, excuse me, Brian took the place of Mike a little bit with some data analytics. He showed off a little bit, but, you know, it, it, it didn't put too much dirt on the soul there. With that being seven, let's go. Number seven, will we stay Bulldogs six and four, five and three? You know, they took a major dip in terms of what they've seen last couple of years, different coaching year, but we got second year in the stint. Think they can find a way to be in the top seven. As things continue to move forward, again, six and four, five, and 342 points. We'll see what that continues to look at. We move to number six, sneaking in all the things, Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Are they going to be back? Eight and two, seven and oh last year, played for a championship. Get it, get it done. Yeah, coaching change is there, but that talent is still in the building. Is Tuskegee going to be the Tuskegee of old? Uh, in regards to being able to do it multiple years in a row, or was that just a one-year blip? Uh, at number five, this team has been pretty constant. Uh, they have stretched and kind of moved in the top of the pole the previous year, but they took a step back. Uh, will they continue to be able to move forward? Langston Lions, the only NAIA program in the top seven uh, in terms of uh, moving around the football program, but they've been solid. And we know they're going to be there in the mix, six and four, five and four. Can they rack the ship in terms of conference play and make a run? They've kind of dipped down the last couple of years. We'll see what that looks like. Bringing us to number four in the mid-major division football poll rankings preseason is Fort Valley State Wildcats. Eight and two, five and two, solid season last year. Uh, but there was another team called Benedict that just wouldn't let them shine as much as they like. Uh, it'll be interesting. Will they still play Cinderella or will they find a way to get over the hump? Regardless, they're going to have, should they have a pretty solid team. We'll see what that looks like in terms of Fort Valley State Wildcat. Uh, at number three, we're going to go in turn, turn the corner. We're going to go up in the SIC. Uh, as we started with the SIC at number seven, we're back in the SIC with Fayetteville State Broncos. Bride Mays, 9-3-7-1. Uh, one first place vote, 195 points. They've been there before. Can your Houston Oilers fan, or at least the NFL fan, you kind of have heard this term, can they actually knock down the door? Can they get in there and get it done and actually get a part of that championship? We'll see what it looks like. Number two, one of the teams that may be in a way, team that certainly was last year, Virginia Union Panthers at 9-2, 7-1, three first-place votes. Uh, they continue to have a lot coming back. Uh, they at number two, at number one. <laughs> Benedict Tigers finding a way to get it done as they were last year's champion. You got to beat the man to beat the man. 11-1, 7-0, five first-place votes, 221 points. As they rolling and getting it done, that's the top seven. Uh, we're going to be 
ice, and we're gonna give the first opportunity because I see Mike, uh, Mike looking crazy like he didn't pull out some data. So I'm gonna make it wait a little bit. Charles smiling, I'll make him wait too. We gonna be nice in terms of our guests. We are gonna let BJ start it off. BJ, what do you think of the mid-major top seven? Oh man, I think Tuskegee is a little bit low. Uh, I think the man they bring you back some some pieces, man. They did have the coaching change, and um, I mean that's gonna be a little bit different for them. But I I, I think you know they're in a good spot. I had them a little bit higher. Uh, Fayetteville State to me is team to beat in the in the CIAA. I like them better than Virginia Union, believe it or not. I think uh, Fayetteville State is gonna be the team to beat. You can't go wrong with Benedict, man. Well, you saw what Benedict did a year ago. I don't think you can go wrong with them. So, very, very interesting top seven. Good stuff. I appreciate that. I like the way he said it. Very interesting. Charles, uh, do you think it's interesting as well, or do you want to shake it up a bit? What do you think of the top seven? Here's my my difference between Benedict and Virginia Union. Uh, Benedict, no Eric Phoenix, Virginia Union, Jada Byers is coming back. Who's going to tackle Jada Byers? That's (laughs) what I'm – taking a look at with, with regards to uh, at least the flip-flop there. Uh, I think Benedict is still a very strong team, but uh, gosh, you know, when you have a quarterback like Eric Phoenix uh, not in the mix, that it just it, it throws the gumbo off just a little bit for me there. Uh, but I, I think, to BJ's point, uh, uh, Fayetteville State is a team that I'm keeping an eye out on. I think, like you mentioned, I think Tuskegee is a little bit low for my liking. Uh, but I, I think, um, you know, the way they picked up steam toward the toward the back part of the season, especially last year, really opened my eyes to what Tuskegee uh, could look like this upcoming year. So I'm really looking forward to see how the Golden Tigers can get themselves back in the mix in terms of, of being that team again. So uh, coaching change, so, Baron James. There. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. No, I'm saying that, that those, those are teams that, that are very interesting to me in terms of taking a look at uh, your, your top seven here. So no concerns with the new coach at Tuskegee. They're going to just keep rolling and take the next step. A little bit of concern. I was always concerned when you have a coaching change, yeah. But I, I but I do think, like, like I do think the talent pieces are there uh, for them to keep, keep rolling oh, yeah. like they were, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they are in the top seven. I just you made it sound like they're gonna roll. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't too far off and say, "Hey, let's kind of see what the coach can bring." Benedict, to the Benedict and Virginia Union. That caught me by surprise because I was waiting on Virginia Union to be won on that. Ooh, you want Virginia Union? All right, I see that. I see that. Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, <clears throat> no problems with one or two. To me, you could flip those either way. You look at sure. what Benedict did. Uh, last year, that their body of work just in 2022 alone, um, Virginia Union, I, I kind of like CB. I was kind of looking at them to come one. I'm not sold on Fayetteville State. Yes, should they be in the top seven? But every year, they finish, what what is it, the east or the south? They win that division, and they can't get it done. Every year. So, I, I yes, they should be in the top seven, but maybe maybe a five, six, or seven, a little lower. Um so I think Tuskegee, you move up. Uh, they have a new coach, but I am talent-wise, player-wise, I saw them play once last year, 
haven't taken a look at who they bought in. Um, but I, I have a lot of confidence in what uh, Tuskegee and Bowie State is always a competitive team. I think they can move move up. Vanville State, they just had not done enough to finish in order, in order for me to say that they're a top three team. Ooh, you, you don't want to see them top three? Well, that's no, brings absolutely. Us to the final question. Are there any of the seven that you back out? Said, hey, they're too high. You want to take one of the teams, some team, and bump them up top seven. Is there a team or two that you want to drop out, Mike? Um, I, out, of, out of these top seven, oh, that's a tough one. Um, the one I would have to say, uh, is probably if I had to bump one out, Langston. Um, and I would bump them in between somewhere between eight, nine, and 10. Because I, I looked at your eight, nine, and 10. I think when we talked last, there was one team that I felt they should have been. And I was trying to figure out who that was. And I go, uh, but I would say Langston. Mm. I would say Bowie State. DJ. <laughs> I would say Bowie State. <laughs> yeah. Bowie State get the boots from yeah. both Charles and BJ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they got to go. Any team you put up and who you bumping in there, or you just bumping out of the Albany right? State. Albany State, yeah. That was yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. Albany State. If you uh, bump out Bowie, who you put jumping in there? Uh, for me, I, I like Lane. Good yeah, stuff, to, good to, stuff. Like Lane's a bit of a dark horse. Yeah. Well, look at look. Let's uh, take our first break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll bring in the uh, O's part. In terms of X's and O, we'll come right back in into the top seven of the major division and see what people have to say. And everybody wants to hear what Joshua Sims Sr. has to say. So stick with us. We'll be right back as we bring in the X's and O's uh, in our Sunday edition of the show on Tuesday, getting you ready for this season. Stick with us. We'll be back after our second break. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. A couple of other ones are joining us. Theron Water says, hi, guys. 
Bill Wildcats, as he like to say, Silas Edward McMorris, talking about the Premier and the Panthers, Sarah Beverly, Brother Gerald Wayne Joseph, Brother Joseph in the building, HBCU Heritage Center, Joe Eagle, checking us out as we get it done. With that being said, let's get into this major division and get to this top 10. Let's get it rolling as we do the top seven for the major division. At number seven, we have Howard Bison, five and six. Mm. Four and one. I know Joshua gets tired of hearing this. They were cold regular season champions, but we'll see what that means for this year. Is going to be any different in terms of how that goes down. So at number seven, out of the MIAC, we have none other than Howard Bison. At number six, we're going to head down south, going to the SWAC. See what BJ Jones thinks about this. Southern Jaguars, seven and five, five and three, played in the SWAC championship game last year. Uh, but could not bring back a trophy and head to the celebration bowl, but that's on their mind. We'll see if they can get it done this year. Bringing us to number five, we have Alabama and m Bulldogs getting it done last year in terms of how they're rolling. Uh, incorrect there in terms of their record, as they had a losing record last year, but they're in the top five. And number four, Jackson State Tigers, 12-1-8-0. They are rolling 174 points, top four program. Bringing us to number three. Might surprise some folks at number three. Alcorn State Braves, five and six, four and four. Look for them to have a rebound season, 205 points coming out of the West. See if they can get it done. And number two, Florida AM Rattlers, nine and two, seven and one. A lot of people's favorite team to look at. Can they get it done as heavy as the head that wears the crown? We'll see what that looks like at number one. Unanimous North Carolina Central Eagles winning the celebration bowl 10 and 2, 4 and 1. All 11 first place votes, uh, 231. Can they duplicate the season they had last year or even do one better as they are rolling? Be interesting to see what that looks like. I'm going to go with the old guards. I'm going to go to Mike first. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven here in the major division of HBCU football? Preseason poll ranking. Yeah, it may be small, but I, I still say you have Jackson State at number three. They two-year defending SWAC championships to beat them champ. You got to beat the champ. Uh, and then, you know, you could argue between Jackson State and Florida, uh, Florida A&M. So, you know, really no, no haste out of me out of the top four. I don't know if I'd have Alcorn State at number three. They haven't done enough for me to, to warrant that. Um, and I would actually move Southern up a little bit. Um, I'd have them at number four, five, maybe. I wouldn't. I, I'd. I wouldn't rank them below Alabama and M. So, so Mike, we're gonna jump and stay with that as we go around. If you're dropping Alcorn out of the top seven, or just dropping them down for three? No, dropping them down for three. Okay. With that being said, let me rotate and go to Charles. Charles, what do you say about the top seven? Uh, I was a bit surprised to see Alabama A&M um, where they were. Um, Jackson State, uh, that's a tough one. I, 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 I think that's fair where they are, but I'm like, Mike, I think you can flip-flop uh, they and Alcorn. Uh, Alcorn is a, is a very intriguing one to me. Uh, because of the running back that they have, Darvin Howard, one of the hardest uh, rushers, uh, uh, along with Donovan Eagle in the swag. But 
this new quarterback that everybody's talking about, Chris Martin, I'm very, very curious about what he brings, what sort of dynamic that he brings to that all-corn offense because last year was all run and no pass. So uh, for all-corn to be as high as they are uh, without uh, seeing what uh, Chris Martin can do thus far, uh, to me, all-corn might be a little high. I see it. I see it. That's two of them saying Alcorn's a little high. Let me go to Joshua Sims before he gets in and swings the golf club. As you see him walk in the back nine as he's trying to get it done. Hopefully, don't have any money on it. If he does, share with your friends. It's not fun if it ain't no money. Uh, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't no fun. Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none, right? There so you go. I, That's right. I, I, ain't, I have not won a skin all day today, y'all. So I ain't worried about that. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Good to have you back in the building. With that being said, what do you think of the top seven? Yeah, I mean, Doc, you look at that, and obviously the, the most obvious thing that everybody can be able to go to is, is where Alcorn is. I actually am opposite on that, man. I think Alcorn has a really dynamic backfield, um, you know, led by Jarvion Howard. And you look at that, and you look at how games are going to have to be won in the swag next year. You know, HBCU Nightly, we went through the entire schedule um, had a panel full of everybody voting and looking at it. And we looked at the fact that Alcorn has most of their key games are at home. And that's going to be a big, big factor, specifically in a conference like the SWAC that is deep, man. You, you're talking six, seven, eight teams in that conference that genuinely, especially in that SWAC West, that just, I mean, if you can find another conference that's got a side like that SWAC West, listen, I got some money for you. I ain't won no money on this golf course, but I got some money for anybody that can find one that's as deep <laughs> as that SWAC West, man. I'm going to be honest. So when you look at that and you look at, well, who's the team that's going to come out of that swag west? For me, I think it's going to be the team that's going to control the game clock, control the yard yard marker. They're going to play stout, kind of stingy defense, and then they're going to let the run game kind of set the tone for them. So when I look at that and I say, well, Alcorn has all of those sentiments. Um, I'm, I'm not looking for Alcorn to throw the ball around a whole lot. Uh, I'm looking for them to run the ball, control the clock. And if you look at their schedule, their schedule kind of beads out very well. Obviously, they're going to have to take care of business against Southern. They're going to have to take care of business against Prairie View, who I believe Prairie View probably has the best quarterback right now, maybe behind Miles Carley in the Swag West, um, you know, and, uh, and Trazion Conley. But obviously, you look at that top three, and you say you can shuffle anywhere, anywhere from two, three, and four. You can shuffle any of those teams around. I mean, if we're being honest, if we're looking at history of, of here lately, you can shuffle any of those guys around. Yeah. I think that we are being a little bit more uh, – if we're being a little bit more honest, it's a first-year head coach, but he's not a first-year head coach new to the program um, down there in Jackson. Mm. So I'm looking right. forward to them being able to make some strides, but how many of those strides we're going to see, only time is going to tell. And then obviously you look right there at the top and you look at the North Carolina Central sitting there at the top, bring it back 90-plus percent of the, the team back. Everybody's back on campus. You bring back an all-world quarterback in Davius Richard, a guy who's looking to be able to try to get his name higher on the draft boards and something to prove. And, and honestly, North Carolina Central has something to prove, more so because that school down the highway keeps talking about the fact that they got the most national championships in the 2000s. And, and honestly, for us, we got to find a way to shut that up. And so whoever it is we see in Atlanta, <laughs> we're looking forward to it. But, uh, but Howard and Morgan – I think Howard, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Howard. FAMU is going to mm. look solid at the quarterback position. And Morgan State mm. is going to have a stout defense, but we don't know if they're going to have a quarterback that's the oldest quarterback in all of college football or a new person on the block. So, mm. Good stuff. Gotcha. Let me go to BJ, and then I'm going to okay. let you, Charles, ask a follow-up mm. question. Let me go to BJ. BJ, get your thoughts in terms of top seven. I'm shocked to see Alabama a and up there. Um, there. There's a few teams that I would have put – above Alabama A&M, but Alabama A&M has the ingredients. If they play it right, I think they have one of the best backs in the conference. 
um, mm. and Eaglin, if they can show up that defensive side of the football, I think that, you know, with that running game and, and, and that they can play some defense, that becomes a dangerous football team. Um, I'm kind of shocked um, not to see Texas Southern somewhere in, in, in the top seven. Uh, with Andrew Body coming back, uh, we're talking about a team that was one of the youngest football teams in the country two years ago. A lot of those kids are still there in that program. You saw what they were able to do a year ago. Um, and, and I think they're in the, in that mode where they're finding ways to win. Um, Jackson State, I'm going to give them respect and say that I will put them above Florida A&M. Look, I've seen bad Jackson State teams beat good Florida A&M teams. I can't explain it to you and tell you why or how. It just happened. Yeah. All right, we go yeah. back 2018. Um, so, you Don't know, I, I can understand that. All a little high for me. I think quarterback is still a question mark. Uh, I think quarterback is a question mark. Um, I, I, I think for Alcorn to win it, Alcorn is going to have to win it the way that they won uh, when they went on mm-hmm. that run. Running the ball, playing solid defense. I think that's going to be the key for Alcorn. Number one, man, you have no pushback for me, man. North Carolina Central, man, bringing back everything, man, on paper, yep. man. They are the team to beat. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, hey, Southern is what, what they are. Um, they're going to have to prove it, you know, prove prove, prove their way up uh, up the ladder. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pretty good with it. Charles, I know you had a follow-up question on the two. Go ahead and take it. Yeah, let me start with you, BJ, real quick. Uh, what is it, uh, and I know your ears are to the ground here in Baton Rouge, but uh, Harold Blood taking over the quarterback position uh, at, at quarterback. Uh, on the roster last year, didn't get an opportunity to show what he could do, but what is the, what do you think is the major difference with regards to Harold Blood taking over this offense? You have a capable quarterback that's able to get the ball down the field, um, that's able to make more than one read um, and, and throw the football. Um, and then you, th- this quarterback room is night and day compared to what it was because you got two freshmen coming in, uh, uh, Jalen from Metro Atlanta, um, and you got the kid from Scotlandville who's the number one recruit in all FCS football. You got some young guys in there uh, that can they can make a play. And, and um, Jalen Woods from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, you know, I, I got a chance to see him play. Uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the state of Georgia – all state six A, uh, which is no no small feat when you play here in the Metro Atlanta. There's a lot of hype around that young man. There's a lot of hype around that young man and the program that he comes out of and the quarterbacks that have come out of that program. Um, so I think this quarterback room, I think for Harold Blood, this is your opportunity to grab about a range, but you got some guys behind you that can play and and if Harold Blood is to maintain that that number one seat, he's gonna have to play well uh, throughout the year. But I will say this, for Southern, you have one of the most talented backfields coming back. You're not going to ask the quarterback to do much. Uh, when, when you look at that backfield and who's coming back, Gerard Sims is back. Uh, the running back from two years ago, he's back. You add uh, the running back from Alabama A&M back. That, that's a stable of a running back room also. And you're not going to have to ask your quarterback to do too much. A lot of great running backs are coming back here in the SWAC uh, this upcoming season. Are both of you saying that offensively the path to the SWAC championship has to be around uh, a running game? Because typically in the SWAC, 
you got to throw the ball. You, you throw the ball, you know, to kind of open up things with regards to running. But, uh, and that's, you know, the, the kind of, you know, the question that I have, uh, who is the, the quarterback that kind of opens up someone's running game? Does Alabama A&M have that? Does Alcorn have that? Uh, those are the question marks that I have. But what do you guys think? I think for me, it, you know, it starts inside of the conference. You look at the class of the conference at the quarterback position, um, which for me is where I, I really focus a lot of my attention in. It starts, it starts at Jeremy Musa. I think you look at what they have coming back down in Florida and them. Jeremy Musa presents an opportunity, a guy who can go through his progressions. Um, but this is going to be our first time getting a chance to see him without Zay. Um, yep. You know, the majority of his productivity came from throwing to one guy who obviously is a professional now playing on the pro leagues. After you go there, then maybe you can go to Miles Crawley or Trazion Conley. But after that, you got a bunch of guys who we haven't had a chance to see yet. You know, Andrew Body will be coming back off an of injury. Which Andrew Body do we end up seeing from, for, for them? So, I mean, I do think that it's going to be heavily weighed on the run. And I think for this season in particular, because it's not like how it was going into last offseason where you have a clear Shador Sanders that's inside the conference that's an all-world passing quarterback. The conference is going to shift back to can you control the line of scrimmage through the run? Can you control the time of possession by carrying the ball? And do you have a workhorse running back that can run the ball? And does he have a backup or, or a complimentary back to be able to take a little bit of the load off it? So when I look at that and I look at a team like an all-corn, I do look at a team like Alabama A&M, you know, I look at those teams as the, as the teams inside of the SWAC that really have a leg up as it pertains to that, what I believe to be. But that could be complete opposite. We could see very much more of take the top off the field, throw the ball down the field, a lot of short passes. We can see a lot of mesh routes. We can see a lot of underneath routes again this season in the SWAC, and that ended up being the controller factor. But from my vantage point, I see that it's going back to a run game control, and, and the team that I know for a fact inside that conference that does that almost to perfection is Alcorn State. Hmm. Uh, BJ, you wanted to add any thoughts to the question? No. I think a year ago we saw the worst quarterback play we saw in the SWAC in a long time. If you took away Shadur Sanders and Jeremy Musa, uh, it was bad. Um, I think that we've learned from that. I think I think a lot of coaches learn. If it ain't there, man, don't try to make it happen. You're not going to make Joe Montana, um, you know, <clears throat> out of Joe Budden. You, 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 no, you're not. Um, so I, I think that uh, coaches are going to be smarter. Take what what you give, and that's going to be the running game. But you are going to need a guy who is going to be able to stretch the defense out. And complete some passes. Some there's gonna be some third alone. You're gonna have to convert. That's gonna that's gonna be a guy that's gonna to have to do that. So I think all around, I think you're gonna see improved quarterback play. It might not reflect it in the numbers, um, as far as like yardage, but in that completion percentage, man, I can't tell you how many games we saw last year. We saw guys going nine for twenty-three, nine for twenty-four, and completing like thirty-eight yeah. and thirty-three yeah. percent of passes. Yeah. Good stuff. We're going to take our last break. We'll come back on the other side. Great comments coming. Lennon in here talking about uh, Joshua. Be careful. He said, you, you talk about the swag. He said, where about the MIAC? I do have a MIAC question to follow up when you think about this in a break. Is this too squack heavy in terms of those five teams in the top seven, only two out of the MIAC? Is another MIAC team you say might be sneaking in and finding a way in the top seven? We'll come back on the other side and get your thoughts on that. Then we're going to ask all these gentlemen to tell me what are some of the guys to keep the eyes on, some guys to watch, whether it's offense or defense, who is there one or two players that they want everybody to make sure they're watching beyond what you have to watch on your own team. Stick with us after this last break. We'll come back on the other side. We unveiled the top seven. 
You see who is the teams to watch. These gentlemen told you who should be in there, who should be out. But with that saying, as we get into the season, week to week, we want to find out who's going to stay in that top seven, who's going to fall out. Stick with us after this last break. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love them, and who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and sir. pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We have our Sunday crew together, the brothers of X's and O's, two-thirds of that show. Shout out to Erica. Uh, I'm going to have to reach out to Joshua, start checking with Erica and see if she wants to come on Thursday, see if she wants to get in and tell us a little thoughts on this and make sure that we give her some love in terms of the X's and O's. Uh, with the gentlemen of inside the HBC Sports Lab. With that being said, I came back from the other side and I teased out a little bit and I said I was going to ask you, is this too swag heavy for you or does this make sense in terms of your uh, analysis? Do you see a MEAC team that should be in the top seven, Joshua? Um, no, I, I don't think it's too swag heavy. I, I think you look at the fact that we've only got, you know, six teams in the MEAC right now. Um and, you know, the SWAC has, you know, doubled that amount. So you look at that amount, you look at that, and you look at the breakdown. And generally, you know, relatively speaking, you really are only going to have, you know, you look at the top half of the MEAC, you really only have two or three teams in a good year. You got two or three teams. So either way you look at it, you know, if you're on the bottom half of the MEAC, you're certainly not in the top seven of all of HBCU football. That being said, I'm going to say something that I think that everybody's got to be very, very cautious of. Mm-hmm. Beware of those boys in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. This is a national championship quarterback. They got running back there. He's back. I know he had a lot going on last year. They are going to get back to their normal selves, controlling the ground uh-huh. game, playing a really good defense. They got Jablonski Green and all those boys back on defense. And I'm going to tell you all now, if we get too hasty and start getting on this Howard train, and I, listen, I've seen this happen a hundred times. I like Howard. Don't get me wrong. Great institution. All right, we separate the institution from the sports. Great program, right? Quinn Williams. <laughs> I think you will is a good quarterback. I think they got a good running game and all that good stuff. Some big offensive linemen, all that. They got all the ingredients that on paper look like they're going to be. But I'm going to tell you this now. If you are not aware of those boys in Orangeburg, South Carolina, 
You're going to find out fairly soon. I mean, the beautiful thing about them, we're going to find out at the Me X Y Challenge on what exactly those guys down in Orangeburg look like. And I can guarantee you, like my grandma used to say, guarantee. I can guarantee you that those guys, South Carolina State, is not going to play a lot of games this year. Listen, they return a lot of guys on that defense that was very stingy, um, you know, a year prior. And, uh, you know, defensive back-wise, they got some room they got to grow. They're going to be young in the defensive backcourt. But at linebacker, that front seven, they as good as any other defense in the country. And you better have your eyes wide open. You better make sure your scout report is ready to go. Because especially on that front on that front four. All right. Keep play around if you want to. Play around with them boys you want to win. Oh, and shout out to old savvy ball coach Buddy Pugh, man. I mean, literally, man, you know he's gonna have them boys ready to go. And he's gonna have them ready to go in that Miak Swag Challenge against Jackson State. And I know there was a little comment that was thrown in there to worry about the Miak. Listen, I know about all the football. I played college football. I know about it all. I know about the whole landscape. I just so happened to be a North Carolina Central grad. And so I know about the whole landscape. All right? But nonetheless, yeah, I better worry about that boy Levin up there in Durham, North Carolina. Everybody better worry about him. Because he ain't going to play I'm no gonna games. I'm going to let you get that question in, but I want to give him a chance to ride through it a little bit. I'm going to go to Mike. Mike, in regards to um, – what a, a key player or two that you really want us to keep our eyes on this season? Key play, I get two. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you know, out of the MEAC, um, Davius Richard, Richard and and the running back Collier out of North Carolina Central. I, I look for the big things to them. Um, want to see, if, if, you know, Myers, of course. Uh, want to like to see what he can do. And if you're looking on the SWAC, there's a couple that, that intrigue me. I really want to see, you know, you know, maybe I'm being a little selfish on the yard. There's a lot of uh, talk about the improvements made by the quarterback there at Purview. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I want to see how he does. If you looked at Purview's offense, uh, one of the reasons is they were pigeonholed. You know, some of their pat, they, you know, they really couldn't stretch the field. So due to some of the improvements, I want to see – what the quarterback play is going to look like there. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy Musa, I'm be interested to see what he's going to do uh, at, at FAMU as well. He's coming back for another year. Uh, FAMU is highly, uh, highly ranked. They had a great recruiting year. They got a solid defense. I want to see what, what he could do. So those are the ones, if you, if you ask me, that come to mind right now. Um, I have a few others, but you gave me only one or two. And you said I normally act up, so I'm going to be good today, Doc. You did well, Mike. You did really well. I tell you what, one thing is setting up, obviously, that Labor Day classic between Texas Southern and Prairie View really is becoming interesting because you got a side of folks that really have intrigued and say, hey, Prairie View is up and coming rather. But then you have another group of people saying, no, not so fast. The team that they're looking at is up and coming in the West is Texas Southern. So that first game really becomes intriguing in regards to what that looks like. Can one yep. team really put it on the other team and stay, uh, put a step in there? Or will it be a close game where both teams and people say, no matter who loses, say, hey, don't get too down on this team because that was really a knockout, dragout fight. With that, I'm going to go to you, B.J. Jones. What's a player or two that you want to keep your eyes on, whether it's me, Axe, Whack, or both? Mm-hmm. Or even sneak out of the A&T and Tennessee State. Is anybody over there that people are kind of uh, ignoring mm-hmm. in terms of what might come out of that or even have to? Blasco Green of uh, South Carolina State. Um, mm. He was one of the best players on the field for them two years ago. Um, injury played last year. Let's see 
if he and that defensive unit can get back and playing the type of ball that you saw him playing spots last year. Not not consistent, but you saw him playing spots. And I'm going to give you one out of the swag. Nyqua Lett, quarterback, mm. Alabama State. Alabama State was quarterback away last year. All-world defense. Nyqua Lett, we talk yeah, about those cool. quarterbacks that come out of the Atlanta metro area. Quarterback from Creekside High School. We saw Felix Harper and a few other ones, other ones come out of Creekside. He has all the tools, and I've been hearing a lot of buzz about that young man and his arm strength and the arm talent that he has. And if you give Alabama State a capable quarterback, that is a dangerous, dangerous football team. Agreed. Agreed. Charles, I want to know your player to watch out and look at and then follow up with asking your question that you wanted to get to Joshua with. Well, I, obviously, I think uh, with, with regards to the uh, players to look for, uh, Davis Richard and Jeremy Booster, they stand out. They're the head of the class with regards to quarterbacks. But I think this is the year of the running back, especially when you take a look at Latrell Carrier, North Carolina Central. You take a look at Donovan Eagle in Alabama A&M and Jarvin Howard at Alcorn. A couple of players that I'm really looking forward to seeing, and, and we don't mention tight ends uh, uh, quite a bit, but they are mm-hmm. physical. These two tight ends are physical challenges uh, for a lot of defense, and that's Brent Brown and Howard and DJ Stevens at Jackson State. Uh, they're both big, fast, and physical, and it will be interesting to see how offensive coordinators can actually work the ball to tight ends this upcoming season. Man, that's interesting because you named three great backs, but you just had BJ Jones earlier talk about the running back stable of Southern. A lot of folks are yeah, talking about the running back table. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the better running backs transferred from Valley to Prairie View, and he's not even the head of the list that will be John, coming. John Johnson, yeah. Spot. So it's a lot of depth out there, the running backs. So great points you're making. Uh, did you? Ha- what was the question you wanted to follow up with Josh before I asked him his players to watch as well? Uh, I can't remember uh, what it was I was going to ask Josh. Uh, My apologies. Probably. My apologies. Yeah, probably if it comes up, central. let me know. With that being sure. said, Josh. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, real quick. Um, uh, and I think Josh kind of answered. To it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you mentioned uh, North Carolina Central, but uh, uh, terms of being ahead of class in the MIAC, but that next team that's right there, teeter totter, and I think you talked about South Carolina State. Um, and like you said, we we, we talked about how we talked about how never seen that you know Howard get over the hump, but uh, nobody's really talking about Morgan State. I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, I, I think in my opinion, Charles, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Morgan State is probably a year away. Um, you know, we all know that college football is 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 so quarterback centric, man. Football in general is, but in college mm-hmm. football specifically, um, you know, in in the in the type of way we play it, quarterback the quarterback position is so important. And until we really know or we can see a guy coming out of Baltimore that we know for a fact is, we just know. I mean, he's that guy. You know, what I mean, until then. You know, right now, you know, I, we joke a lot about it, but, you know, they are. They're going to have one of the oldest quarterbacks. Carson Baker is back in Baltimore, Maryland. They're going to have one of the oldest college football quarterbacks in all of college football. Bar none, subdivision, don't matter. He's going to be one of the oldest. And so you look at that, and if you don't go in that direction, you go with a guy who's not as proven, um, you know. And so right now I would say that Morgan State is probably a year away because um, they got the quarterback in the building. He's probably going to red shirt this year because they know they got a lot of that defense that will be coming back that following year. Now, don't get me wrong now. I think Morgan State is going to sneak up, and I still believe that it's going to be a fight between them and Howard to finish in that top half of the conference, in my personal opinion. But right now, I would say South Carolina State, in my opinion, with a national championship quarterback as the second-best team in the conference, with that defense, led by what my brother B.J. Jones says, Jablonski Green. You look at that, it's going to be hard to beat that every given Saturday. 
And you yeah. look at the fact that a couple of them teams gonna have to go into Orangeburg, South Carolina this season, and you got to try to get a win against old buddy Pew two years in a row. All right, good luck, my friend. Josh, yeah, Josh, Charles and I went down tonight, there earlier Josh. to Orangeburg on Josh. the sideline, and we got a chance to see why that's such a tough place to play. What you, you got, Morgan? Oh, yeah. Nice, Josh. <laughs> I would have just said, do we really need to talk about Morgan State and just been done with it this year? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I try to be, I try to be generous, he, Mike. From, I try. He, he just loves messing with those schools with an M. First it was Mississippi uh, Valley State, now it's Morgan yeah. State. Uh, do we Morgan really State need to talk uh, about that this year? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold-blooded. That's cold-blooded. Shout out to my man Silas Edward McMorris. Says, also, I believe we have a Cavill on the team now. Yes. Wide receiver, kick returner. I'm fascinating in terms of new kid to check out. Uh, really talented. And obviously, I say that because he is my nephew, but um, really is talented. So I'm interested to see how he gets to um, play with the momentum of what takes place in the SWAC with all the talent in the crowd. I think he uh, had that taken away from him a little bit at ULM with some injuries and just the um, in a lot of ways, the Sun Belt in terms of not really having that most connection. So I'm intrigued to see what that looks like and see if he can get some of that momentum. I know one thing, his dad has really taught him how to catch the ball. He was a wide receiver himself. His uncle Kwame was a wide receiver. So the dude knows how to catch the ball with his hands, which is a fascinating thing. So it'll be interesting to see, will he get that opportunity this year? So fascinating to see with that incoming uh, Kobe in terms of what that looks like. I'm going to go around, uh, last thing for everybody, give them a chance, have the last statements before we close out. Charles, starting with you, any last statement as we really are kicking things off. Tomorrow we go with the SIAC media day in general, but uh, what has you excited about the season and what's on your mind as you close out this week before things really get started? Um, what has me fascinated about the season, uh, Ken Benedict, uh, repeat. Uh, their performance from last season without Eric Phoenix. And then you look at the SWAC, I think the major uh, storyline is what will this Jackson State team that has been the defending SWAC champion the past two years, what will they look like now uh, in the T.C. Taylor era? So those are two big two big storylines, I think, going into the season. I like it. I agree. B.J. Jones, storylines. Oh, for me, man, FAMU, now or never. You talk, you talk about FAMU, man, being one of the most winning and, uh, winningest uh, HBCU football teams uh, since 2018, they've always gotten right there, just can't get over the hump. Uh, would this be the year that they do it? Um, it seems like the stars have aligned for them to do it, uh, but let's see how that plays out. And, uh, you know, secondly, uh, the Wild Wild West, the Swag West, it got wild last year. I think it's going to be <laughs> wilder uh, this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of who puts themselves in the position uh, you know, to 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 win that division, and I, and I think it's the most competitive division in in HBCU football. I like that the Wild Wild West. Joshua, coming to you, and we'll let you get finish up things first. This one's for Charles as well. Are you hitting them straight? I am. I've taken the last two holes off, gentlemen, I, and I'm going to use this show as my excuse and reason for taking <laughs> off the last two holes. I listen. I'm not making no capitulations. I'm not making no excuses. I'm going to say I was going inside the HBCU Sports Lab. That's my reason, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but, see, but, uh, see you at the 19th hole. What you say, Mike? <laughs> see you at the 19th hole. Yeah, maybe the 19th. Yeah, maybe the 29th hole. 
But uh, um, <laughs> to the to the question though, the two storylines I would say I would go with is you know what is what is this going to be for FAMU man? You know, it, are you finally going to get to the dance? You know, you you've been asked a few times. You've had the team and the opportunity to get there for multiple seasons. I mean, what what are we going to see this year, man? Is this going to be the year you finally get over that big blue devil that is down in Jackson State for you guys? and that plagues you throughout the rest of the season. My second one is we've got to start to realize what type of opportunity a North Carolina Central has here. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. I said it earlier in the show. If we don't do at least match what that school down the highway did, we're going to have to take care of them early in the season. I know that. But if we don't put ourselves in a position to at least match what they've done, I'm telling everybody now, if you attend the school at 1801 Fayetteville Street, you are not going to be able to hear the end of it. And so I'm looking forward to seeing, can we be the hunted? Can we be the top mm. dog? Can we be the hunted? That's going to be a big question. Last year, we were the hunter. We showed up and, 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 and surprised a lot of people. Not a lot of people knew we had down there. But can we be the top dog, top end to top end, from start to finish? And that's what I think is the second biggest, not the biggest uh, storyline as it pertains coming out of the MEAC. Uh, but I do want to see what fam you, man. What are you going to do, man? And no disrespect to y'all down there in Tallahassee Heights. I seven hills, no disrespect, but what is this going to look like? Is this going to be another year? And I promise you, if you don't beat Jackson State this year, you won't hear the end of this one because Prime no. ain't there. It's a brand no. new head coach, brand new That's quarterback, true. brand new, yep. whole brand new team, basically. If you don't That's beat true. Jackson State this year, you won't hear the end of it. Yeah, very true. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, mm-hmm. Lennon is already in here acting bad. He's in football mode talking to us already in terms of uh, whether it's in the MEAC or the SWAC. Hell yeah, with the teams. He say South Carolina State, y'all talking like they they're valid. He said they could be beat. Then he goes in on Jack State. Mike, your final thoughts to close out the show. What are you looking along, forward to? Along with what uh Josh just said a long time ago, Roy Jones Jr. fought Antonio Tarver. They fought a couple of times. And that second time, and although Antonio Tarver beat him the first time, he he, <clears throat> he came back. And he asked Roy Jones Jr., what's your excuse now, Roy? So I'm looking at fam and say, hey, fam, what's your excuse now? You got the team. You got the you got the coach. I love Coach Simmons. But a lot of people are looking at fam, and I'm waiting to see how they're going to finish. Number two, can we get one swag Y'all team? Y'all made fam you the hunted. <laughs> they ain't even. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Simmons like, man, hold on. We, we just trying to get the tape. No. What you all do? <laughs> I know. Can we I, know Coach, I know Coach Taylor I, I like know doing the TC Taylor like yeah, that's right. Put the pressure over there. <laughs> let me let me sneak right under the radar. Go ahead, put that pressure over there. <laughs> I know. I know Coach Simmons ain't gonna give me no damn hat now. I for sure. Every time I see him, I ask him for a visor. He's like, I got you. I got you. Never get. He ain't giving me one now. Uh, the other thing is, can we get a swag team to win the celebration bowl? Can we can we get one? Can can we get one? I'm serious. Remember when we merged, we talked about all oh, the swag gonna be a powerhouse. Well, we we own a million against the uh, Mihat. Seriously, fair. can we? That's fair. We were talking about this. Remember that was a storyline. Swag's a powerhouse HBCU conference, and the Mihat was just okay. All right, Coach P was like, all right, we'll see. We got y'all. You know, North you know North Carolina Central like, all right, we got y'all powerhouse. Yeah, right here. So whatever. So can we that, get Josh would have even left. He had to say nothing. Yeah, we, <laughs> so we, we, we gave, we gave that, y'all that, one now. 
We did give y'all one. We gave y'all one. 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 Hey, that's a that's a that's a great question, Mike. Can the swag actually meet and exceed the physicality of the MIAC? Exactly. Yeah. Can I can I say that one year? <laughs> BJ Jones not feeling too good about it. He's shaking his head. <laughs> not yet. With that being said, that's a perfect way to close the show. They can say what they want in terms of swag love or whatever. We just call it and tell it like we see it. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I know I spoke with the commissioner. He says the same thing. He said, I just want to wait. <laughs> I'm Dr. Yacob on the dean of HBC Sports coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, BJ Jones, Joshua Sims Sr. Make sure you continue to check these brothers out. HBC Weekly came back last week, so they're back in the yard. Look forward to X's and O's. Uh, HBC Weekly is coming back as well. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday. Look for us on Thursday at 6 o'clock. We'll give you an update of what took place at SIEC in Atlanta. We look forward as we continue to give you and discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. DJ Jones? Dismissed. Josh? Eagle Pride. Not just <laughs> <laughs>